0: Hello, and welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast, presented by Topel and DeStasi Wealth Management here in Berkeley, California. My name is Gavin DeStasi, and I'm a partner here at TDWM. This is the first episode of Balanced Wealth, and in this podcast, together with my business partner, Jarrett Topel, we're going to explore a wide range of financial and occasionally non-financial topics in the hopes of helping people navigate the often complicated world of financial advice and wealth management. As the name suggests, our goal with this podcast, as it is with our practice, is to help provide practical opinions and advice on financial subjects of varying complexity, which we hope will help our clients and our audience to live more balanced and fulfilled lives. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about volatility and risk, or perhaps more accurately, volatility versus risk. In the financial services world, we often hear the words volatility and risk used interchangeably, And while we're certainly not the first to feel put off by this fact, it is one of those things that gets the hair to stand up on the back of our necks. Because not only are volatility and risk not the same thing, they might be more akin to opposites than equivalents. So what is the difference between volatility and risk? To understand this, we must first look at the definitions, or at least the definitions as we see them. The definition of volatility according to Webster's is, characterized by or subject to rapid or unexpected change. Okay, well, I think that's all fine and good in theory, but in relation to capital markets, prices constantly change. And save for a handful of sophisticated traders, people mostly tend to refer to volatility when markets go down rapidly rather than up. So perhaps it would be better to define volatility more along the lines of how most folks see it, characterized by rapid, temporary moves to the downside From the 35-year period of 1980 to 2014, the S&P 500 is up approximately 9% per year on average, yet the average entry-year decline during the same time is about 14%. In addition, we've seen much bigger declines of 20% in 1990 and 1998, more than 30% in 1987, and even larger 46% and 57% declines during the periods of 2000 to 2002 and 2007 to 2009, respectively. Now that's some volatility. But that's not the same as risk. The real risk during times like those is reacting to the volatility by changing your plan because you think this time it's different. It's precisely the volatility itself which creates the ability to make 7, 8, 9% a year over time, what we call the risk premium, in the first place. There are those out there who would suggest, and we tend to agree, that as long-term investors, we should be rooting for volatility, cheering it on even when it gets ramped up, because we know that low volatility tends to lead to low returns. To that point, we often make the argument to clients, especially younger ones or those who invest regularly in their 401ks or or some other systematic arrangement, that, that they should be hoping for prolonged bear markets, as it offers them the chance to buy more shares of equities at what should be seen as sale prices. We have suggested, as have others, that the Great Recession of 07 to 09 may well have been the best equity sale most of us will ever see in our lifetimes. Even for those not necessarily in accumulation mode, there can be benefits from volatility, assuming they're rebalancing their portfolio systematically. It's what provides the opportunity to swap out higher-priced shares of good-performing assets for lower-priced shares of those experiencing short-term downside pressure. Obviously, if you're drawing retirement income off your portfolio, bear markets like the ones I referred to earlier can certainly be troublesome, particularly if you're in the early years of retirement income portfolio. But a good planner should be able to help mitigate that, what we call sequence of return risk through proper cash management strategies. So if volatility isn't risk, then what is it? Well, if we refer back to Webster, here's what else we get. Possibility of loss or injury. Okay, well that's a little bit more to the point, as we know that we can certainly lose money in the markets. But if I look back at my time in this industry and think about all of the cases where I've seen people lose money in the markets over a long period of time, there are really only a few instances where I can recall this happening. First, investing in individual securities. You buy one stock, all bets are off. Anything can happen, and I've certainly seen people lose plenty betting on the future of one company. That's why you'll never hear us recommend buying individual stocks for a long-term investment portfolio i know there's lots of people out there who will take issue with that stance the jim cramers of the world would have you believe that buying individual stocks is the best path to success in investing but my experience tells me that the vast majority of investors that's simply not the case i've just seen too many folks get crushed trying to pick individual winners and losers don't get me wrong i have nothing against someone taking a few dollars and playing around with stock picking I've done it myself from time to time. But we make the point to liken that to gambling. If I go to Vegas and I decide I'm going to risk $500 playing blackjack, that's all fine and good. And if I win, hey, bonus. What I'm not going to do is cash out my 401k and think I'm going to play blackjack all the way to a comfortable retirement. That's why we like to say gambling is fine as long as you know you're gambling. It's when you're gambling and you think you're investing that gets you into trouble. But aside from investing in individual stocks, The more common scenario that we see getting investors with well-thought-out and diversified portfolios into trouble occurs when the volatility gets ramped up, the financial media gets whipped up into a doomsday frenzy, as was the case during all of the bear markets I spoke about earlier. When you start seeing headlines like markets in turmoil and hearing predictions of Dow 2000, and everywhere you turn you're being exposed to the noise because it's the sensationalism that sells... And for some, it just becomes too much. So they decide they can't handle the volatility because maybe it is different this time. And they want to sell their holdings to prevent further losses. Maybe just get out for a little while until things calm down. It's a totally natural response, really, which we as humans are hardwired for. A fight-or-flight reaction that's not only normal, but has been essential for our very survival. Unfortunately, though, from an investing standpoint, all this does is turn what were paper losses into real losses. And the odds of getting back in at the right time are minuscule, because what we know is that the turnaround from recession to recovery in terms of security prices tends to be swift and come when least expected. It's always darkest before the dawn, as they say. I was at an advisor conference last year, and Nick Murray was the keynote speaker. If you all don't know who Nick Murray is, I highly recommend you read the book Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth as soon as possible. Anyhow, Nick was talking about volatility and suggested that we all as advisors need to coach clients to expect an entry year decline of 10 to 15% every single year, and of twice that much, one out of every six years. He said that if a client tells you they can't stomach that kind of volatility and stick to their plan, you need to tell them they have no business investing in the stock market. Sounds a little harsh, I know, but it's basically true, because if regular market volatility will cause you to derail your long-term plans well, then it might as well have been risk after all. So what really is risk then? Well, in our estimation, the biggest risk most of us will face financially is the risk of outliving our money either by not having enough of it saved to live off post-retirement or more likely of having the purchasing power of our retirement nest egg eroded by inflation over time. As such, long term market returns, which we know can only be achieved by stomaching the accompanying volatility, are almost certainly our best chance of keeping pace with that inflationary pressure. And if that's the case, the irony of it all is that market volatility might just be the only hope we have to combat the biggest risk we'll face.